We are reading Luke 8, verses 16 to 21. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in it can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will, whoever has will give, will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Good morning. I got, uh, I'm a bit behind the, the times on most of these things, as you know, but I got these, uh, these um, ear pods for Christmas, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm loving them, and uh, there's a few of us in the church office that, that have them, uh, and it's a funny thing, isn't it, because they're kind of quite subtle, so you can't always see um, when, when, if someone's wearing them or not, especially when they're wearing a hat over the top. Uh, they're hidden underneath, and, and any of you who've been into the church office know, Kate knows what's coming, know that it's, uh, it's cold in the office, so often we're wearing hats. And it was a morning in January where I arrived to the office and said hello to Caitlin, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, Caitlin, before my presence was even acknowledged. Is that true or untrue? It's true. Yeah, Caitlin had her music on, earpods in, hat on, uh, down. She was working hard. That's what it was. And, uh, and I come in and say hello, and she just doesn't, doesn't hear me. And, uh, and we had a laugh about it when kind of a few minutes later, she was like, oh, hi, morning. Nice to see you. And uh, I thought she was listening. I thought she could hear, and I thought she would respond. But she was tuned in to something else. Now, that's a helpful image, I think, for how we can be with the Word of God. You might be sat here today, it might might seem like you're listening as the word of God is about to be preached. But spiritually speaking, you could have your ear pods in. And it's just being tuned out. You're tuning in to something or someone else. Oh, sorry, I've just jumped ahead there. Um, Last week, uh, George took us through uh, the parable of the sower which was just before this, a famous story that Jesus told in, in, uh, in Luke's gospel. And George asked us to consider, what are you listening to? Or another way of saying it could be, who are you tuned into? That was the big question we looked at last week. And that matters because as the parable of the sower shows, that ultimately affects how fruitful you are in life. That's, that's where it goes. And Jesus is driving home the point of the, of the parable of the sower uh, in our passage today, it's kind of a, a continued thought, really. Uh, and what we see today is it doesn't just matter what or who you're listening to, but it also matters how you're listening. And it matters what you're doing about it. Not only what or who you're listening to, but how you're listening and what you're doing about it. Today is all about being good listeners to the Word of God and learning to do what we hear. Now, I don't, whoever you are, I don't, I don't know everyone in this room, actually. I don't know what's going on in your life, but whoever you are, what's going on in life, that is really significant, really significant uh, for your life and, and for you. Often you know if you've listened well to something, if you act on what you've heard. Imagine you're in a building, you hear a, a fire alarm going off, and you don't act, and you don't get out of that building, then you're not really listening, are you? 
You're not really acting on what you're hearing. So too, when God speaks, you know if you've listened well by what you do in response and by what happens in your life. Now, before we dig into this, I just want to recap the story of Luke so far because we know we're taking our time to go through this and it's helpful just to keep our bearings. Luke's story of Jesus' life is all about the good news that Jesus delivers on all the hopes and the dreams for life as God has designed it for all types of people. Good news that Jesus delivers on all the hopes and dreams for life as God has designed it for all types of people. Jesus comes to rescue lost people and give them new life in the kingdom of God. And he does that especially for those who are outsiders and those who are left behind and on the edges. And some of us might say, yeah, that's me. Well, Jesus comes to give you life in the kingdom of God. The thing that we've also been seeing, which has maybe somewhat surprised me as we've gone through, is Jesus also comes to rescue those who don't realize they're lost, who think they're okay, actually. But he says, no, you're lost. You need the life of the kingdom of God. And maybe that's some of us. At the moment, we're currently in the middle of this section of the story from chapter 4 through 9, where Jesus is traveling around the area that he grew up in, North Israel, the area of Galilee. It's under Roman rule at the time. And we saw last week, George showed us in chapter 8, verse 1, just look on page 1036, what he's doing. Jesus, as he travels around, is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Of God. And we've seen that he's also showing people what this kingdom looks like, and he's inviting people into this kingdom life. All sorts of people, all types of people, especially the outsiders. And people are intrigued and interested. So we've seen, haven't we, week after week, the crowds are flocking and they're following Jesus around. They're seeing the things he's doing and listening to the things he's teaching. And the religious leaders are coming as well. And they're kind of coming to check him out and, and to catch him out. And from these crowds, there's this small group of people who are following particularly closely. They've become his followers, his disciples. There's, they're called the Twelve particularly, but there's this wider group around them that we're reading about as well, various others. And, and last week we saw there's, there's this kind of small band of women who are, who are part of Jesus' followers and, and, and his disciples. And what's happening in Luke uh, this part of the story is, is these early followers of Jesus are learning through like this intensive training camp with Jesus what life with him is like, what life in his kingdom is like, the way of his kingdom. And we're kind of, as we read Luke, we're looking over their shoulders with them if we want to be followers of Jesus and we're learning what life with Jesus and his kingdom is like, what walking with Jesus through life will look like. And how we listen to and what we do about God's word is really key to that. So here's the, the first of our two questions today. How are you listening to God's word? In verse 18 of our passage today, Jesus says, consider carefully how you listen. Or, or, or listen very carefully is the way we might say it. The parable of the sower teaches us um, that we can have different half, heart responses to the word of God. And, and our different heart responses can have very significant impacts on our lives over time. Jesus said, don't be those who hear but don't really hear. Don't be those who are present but are not paying attention. Don't be those who've got the spiritual ear pods in and so aren't, aren't tuning in to what I'm saying but are tuning in to something else. Jesus is speaking about the word of God here and he tells us to listen carefully. 
The word of God is the seed that was sown in the parable that went out. It's Jesus' teaching and his words that are recorded in Luke. It's the Bible that you hold in your lap or you've got open in your app at the moment. It's what this sermon is teaching to you. It's what we discuss and we reflect on in Gospel Family Nights and in our cell groups. It's what the Bible assures us is hidden in the heart of a Christian. The word of God is all about God revealing and showing himself to us. So, so when God uses words, he does that for a reason. He does that to be heard, to be understood, to be known. That's why we all use words, isn't it? He's, he's communicating something. And of course, the most central and the most clear way that God makes himself known to us, the word of God, is the per- person of Jesus. He is the son that is the fullness of God showing us himself. And the individual words of God are like the rays from that son. So listen carefully. Because this is the God who designed you. This is the God who knows you. This is the God who loves you. And he wants to engage with you and communicate to you. He is speaking. Now how you listen when someone speaks to you is really significant, isn't it? It really matters because it It expresses how you think and feel about that person. It expresses where your heart is to them. You know, when you're talking to someone and if they're distracted, if they're disinterested, if there's no eye contact, no, you know, kind of showing you with with how they, their body, no no paying attention, you know, they're checking their phone or or looking over your shoulder or, or whatever else it is. What does that say to someone? I mean, Annalie rightly gets really annoyed with me when I treat her like that, you know, kind of keeping on checking the phone when we're having a conversation or something. What does that say about my heart to her in that moment? So how we listen to the word of God reveals our attitude to God himself. If someone followed you 24-7 this week, a bit creepy, I know, but that's just from I haven't been following you. Uh, <laughs> If someone followed you this week, all the time, would they say you're a careful listener to God's word? Would they say you're a careful listener to God's word? What would they think your your attitude to God is, revealed in your attitude to his word? How would they think that you treat God speaking to you? I, I know that many of us love and highly value the word of God, and yet it's a different thing, isn't it, to make it a priority in the trenches of life, week by week, day by day, to make time and space to tune in amidst all the other noise out there. Maybe some others of us are in a place where we're distrusting and suspicious that this is just a power play or something to control or manipulate me in some way, or, or that it's so out of step with modern culture and ethics that, that we just don't like it. Maybe others are just so convinced it's so confusing and so unclear that we can never make the end of it. And so we've just given up trying to understand or engage what Jesus says to all of us, whoever we are and wherever we are. Listen up. Consider carefully how you listen to God's word so that you may receive it and all it has to offer. Now, a fair question would be, but why? Why should I listen carefully? Why should I listen specifically to God's word in the Bible and, and That's the right question to ask, and there's three answers that Jesus gives us in this passage. And the first one, the reason you should listen carefully to God's word is because God's word is a light. 
Now, we often hear this little illustration uh, of letting your light, uh, a light shine. And we think, well, we're the light and it's us that's to do the shining. We're to be an example to others in our faith. We're to, to be a witness to others um, around us. And Jesus does use this idea of a light shining elsewhere to make that point. Um, and that's maybe a slightly more famous way of us understanding this, a more familiar way. But that isn't what he is saying here. This, as we've seen, is all about how we engage with God's word in our lives and live fruitful lives. So the light that is to shine here is not you. The light that is to shine here is God's word. We are those who receive and benefit from that light. And we have this crazy belief in, in our society today that words aren't powerful, that words don't have that much meaning, that they, they don't achieve things. I heard this really sad story that someone uh, told me this week of, of, of a friend of theirs and, and this husband who's going through a divorce, and he said to his wife about his wedding vows, they were just words, they didn't mean anything. That's tragic, and it's untrue. They're words, and they meant something deeply significant. We teach our kids, don't we, in our society today, to try and make them resilient as, as, as they grow up. We teach them this little tune, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Maybe your parents or adults taught you that. And of course, it does the complete opposite, and it makes them hopelessly ill-equipped to be resilient and live fruitful, flourishing lives in the world because we're teaching them a lie that what they say and what other people say really doesn't matter when it really, really does. It really matters what people say, and we know it deeply by our own experience, don't we? And if human words are that meaningful and that powerful, so much so that some of us sitting here can just think of things that we have heard in the past that so shape our lives today, how much more so are the words of the true and living God? Think of the creation narrative at the beginning of the Bible and as, as we open up the Bible and start reading it and, and over and over, this is the refrain, and God said, and it was so. God speaks and these incredible things happen. When God speaks, his words are powerful and they are meaningful and they achieve, and they achieve things. They are active. So tune in and listen up. And what Jesus is saying here, I think, is, listen, a light is supposed to be a light, so let it do what it's meant to do. Let the light of God's word shine in your life. You, you don't go to the effort of lighting a lamp. And back in his day, lighting a lamp wasn't thinking a switch, was it? It was kind of trim, uh, filling up a, a lamp with oil, trimming a wick and kind of getting some fire and lighting it. All of that effort, and then you put it in a cupboard or under a jar that just snuffs it out because there's no oxygen. No, that's not what you do when you have a, when you have a, a light. You... You let it shine. You put it on a, on a lampstand. Let it do what it's supposed to do. God speaks, and the purpose of his words is that they're to be listened to. It's why words are spoken. So let those words do what they're meant to do and listen up. Now, quite frankly, it's pointless to like forego your Sunday lion or your Sunday brunch Get up early, come to this building, and sit here, and then just tune out the sermon. Just kind of spiritually earpods in and not letting the word of God shine in your life. Can I say that it is silly 
that you would have your Bible sat on your shelf, gathering dust or in a drawer in your house somewhere, and you ignore it day after day, week after week, while you walk through a crisis of faith. That's just a silly thing to do. Can I challenge you that it is unhelpful for you to neglect gospel family nights where the purpose of what we're doing together is to open up the word of God and read it and discuss it and speak its truth into one another's lives and situations. And you forgo that and don't prioritize that in your life to really damaging effect. I think it is crazy that we might have all of these questions that we don't have answers to and we'll go to Google or some Christian blog or website, however good it is, before we will turn to the word of the living God. Or some podcast or whatever else it is. Let the power and the purposes of God be unleashed in your life by his words and by the work of his spirit. Tune in and listen up to God's words. It is a light. It is a light. Think of your week coming. What it might look like for you to prioritize that in this coming week. Where are you going to put God's word on a stand in your life and let the the light shine so it can be what it's meant to be and do what it's meant to do? It's the first reason Jesus tells us to listen carefully because God's word is a light. And, And the second one is this, because God's word reveals You turn on a light in in a dark room, and it's not only that you can look at and you can see the light, but really it's that by the light you see everything else in the room, isn't it? it, That's the means by which everything is is made clear to you, and indeed that's why you, you put the light on in the first place. You see, God's word reveals things. It, it brings things out into the open. It discloses what is hidden. It makes known what is concealed, according to verse 17. And it's not only that it reveals God to us, like we saw with this, the, the, the light imagery, but also it reveals ourselves. And it reveals other people. <coughs> and it reveals the world and situations in the world in general to us. I, I don't know if you were ever just totally perplexed by yourself just totally confused by a life situation. You don't know what to think about something. You don't know what you think about something. Or you're overwhelmed by a whole load of complex and conflicting emotions that you just have no idea how to untangle. And, 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 and you think, well, who knows their own heart or mind? Well, none of us truly does. I read the Bible to get to know myself better. I read the Bible to start to understand myself. There's a sense uh, in which, by the work of the Spirit, God's Word reads me. I learn things about myself through God's Word I've never learned anywhere else, but are absolutely vital for me to know and to grasp hold of. Actually, the the pastor who writes uh, a letter to to Hebrews describes the Word of God like this. The Word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. God's Word reveals me to myself. It discloses what is hidden in my heart. It draws out what is concealed in my mind. And God's word enables me to make sense of and to interpret and to understand everything else in life and in the world. This is the way of and this is the way to wisdom. 
So, so you introduced me to a, to a truly wise person, and you will be showing me, I'm willing to bet, someone who has loved and treasured and pursued and nurtured and, and valued and listened carefully to the Word of God for many years, probably many decades. If you want to grow in understanding and in wisdom, you want to know things others don't know or get, listen carefully to the Word of God, for the Word of God reveals. And here's the, here's the third reason we're to listen carefully to the word of God, because it brings life to the full. And Jesus says this little enigmatic but key phrase in verse 18. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. That's what I think he means. Whoever's listened carefully to and made use of the word of God... And what it is for, well, they're going to continue to receive more and, and to grow in that. But those who, who, who have not made use of what they've received, who have tuned out or, or, or put the spiritual earpods in, who have closed their ears to the word of God, whose hearts are hard soil so that the seed of God's word does not penetrate into their heart and into their life, then they're at risk of that being stolen away, as we saw last week in the parable of the sower. It would be lost to them. One of the guys in, in our team meeting this week put it so succinctly, the more of God you listen to, the more of God you get. And the opposite is true. The less you listen to God, the less you get of him. And if some of us feel spiritually dry, we feel far from God. But when was the last time you picked up your Bible or you spent time with Christians to discuss it or you listened attentively to a sermon? For some, it's going back months. You know, if someone tells, you th- tells me that they're thirsty, and I say, well, when was the last time you had a drink of water? They're like, ah, oh, I think it was last week. I think I know what they need. I think I know how to help that person. It doesn't take rocket science, does it? We all go through dry and tough seasons spiritually. That does not mean that your faith is not genuine. It is not deep. It is not real. But listen, God's word comes to bring fruitfulness and it comes to bring life. That's the point of the parable of the sower. It's the purpose of Jesus' ministry that people may have life and have it to the full forevermore. And the Bible, God's word, speaks of and teaches of and leads you to Jesus who is life to the full. So listen carefully. Receive. Even through the difficult seasons as well as through the good seasons. If you do that, you will grow and you will be fruitful. And if you neglect it, you will wither, even in a good season. Here's the promise of God about his word. And and it was read to us a couple of weeks ago by by Rosie in Isaiah 55, uh, verses um, 10 through, through 13. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, And making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. It will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. It will bring flourishing and life. Listen, if you want to be fruitful, if you want life to be more sweet and pleasant plants and less thorn bushes and briars, listen carefully. 
Listen carefully to God's word. This word that does not return empty, that will accomplish what God desires and will achieve the purposes for which it is sent. You know, the way to live a fruitful life is continued attentiveness to, continued feeding on the word of God, activated by the power of the Spirit in your soul. We saw in in verse 15 at the end of the, the parable of Sarah last week, it's to receive and to retain. God's word on repeat, day after day, week after week, that we persevere and are fruitful to the end. And so I think, I think it'd be helpful, and uh, I've got fruitful here, no pun intended, um, in, in gospel families to discuss this. What are the helpful ways to listen carefully to God's word in practice in your life? How can you make that a priority in your life? That's something we've got to work out together. We've got to work out according to our, our circumstances. It's not for me to say like it's the kind of this ABC. It's going to look different for each of us. Um, one thing that, that, that you could do or that would help you if you haven't yet is, is Rosie's um, helping us in a church to, to get into our Bibles together and read the Bible at home through the week. And there's these little cards on the table in front of you. Grab one, uh, speak to Rosie, and, and, and listen, you're not too late to join in with this. Um, it's about 10 minutes reading time to catch up what we've done in the first two weeks. So you're fine. Believe me, you're fine. We're, we're taking our time. Uh, but, but get involved with that. You're not too late to get on board. Now listen, that's um, how are you listening to God's word. Much more briefly, I promise you. What are you doing about what you hear in God's word? If you listen carefully to God's word, will you put into practice what you hear? And, and there's one reason given by Jesus to do this. It's because it's what we do in the family of God. Look at verse 21, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now listen, it's not that we become part of God's family, uh, uh, the family of God, by hearing and putting uh, into practice God's word, but it's because we are the family of God that that is what we do, okay? It's because we're already accepted and drawn in by Jesus into the family of God, this is how we show an evidence and live that out. Now, you might think here, Jesus is being pretty, pretty brutal to his own family, <coughs> wouldn't you? As, as uh, you know, they're struggling to get to him through the crowds. And, uh, and, and you know, people say, you, you know, your mother and your brother are looking for you. And he's like, who's my mother and my brother? You know, it's those who do the, the word of God and, and put it into practice. He, he's not disowning his family here. He's not rejecting them. And he's certainly not dishonoring or disrespecting them. But he is using it as an opportunity to teach us a beautiful thing. And to invite us into something, this radical invitation. You see, Jesus is concerned that we're not only careful listeners of his words, but that we are people who put into practice what we hear. So if someone followed you 24-7 this past week, same creepy person, would they say you were a doer of God's word, not only a listener? Would it, would it look obvious on your life that you're someone who puts into practice God's word? Think of the fire alarm. It's all very well and good to hear it. It's great to totally understand what it means. You could even be an expert in fire alarm technology and warning systems. But if you don't act on what it's telling you, it's not going to go well for you in that building, is it? 
And I'm encouraged that in so many ways, in so many of your lives, I see a love and a value for the word of God, a desire to listen carefully. I wonder if many of us falter at this point when the rubber hits the road. Am I going to do what it says? I used to say quite a bit in the earlier days of of the Gate Church that we want to be a church and a community where people walk the walk and not only talk the talk, which I know is quite a cheesy thing, but I think it's a helpful phrase. I'd rather have a Christian who knew less of the Bible, knew less of theology, knew less about God, but what they do know, they, they believe and they live out and they put in practice. It totally transforms their relationships and their life and how they live than someone who's always growing in knowledge and understanding of God and theology and who has always read the latest book and, and loves to discuss and debate, but it never goes to practice in their life and transforms their relationships with, with others or their character or how they approach the world. That would be a good hearer, but not a good doer. We want to be good doers of the word of God. Becky's already read it to us, but James warns us of this as he writes to Christians. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. If the word of God is a light, if it reveals, if it brings life to the full, then it's not always going to be easy but we can be sure that obeying it, that putting it into practice is ultimately going to be a good thing for us. It's the words of God. The God who made us and who loves us and who knows us. And so I just want to close us reflecting together on the privilege and the delight and the intimacy of how Jesus refers to those, how he refers to you if you are someone who hears his word and puts it into practice. You're like his mother, his brother, his sister. What a beautiful thing that we could have that experience. That type of relationship with Jesus, that we're in this new kind of family. Remember, it's that relationship that comes first, and this stuff works its way out in hearing and obeying. But we're, we're part of this family that delights in our Father's good word and, and his good word that we receive and that we hold dearly to and that we proclaim to one another and that we help one another to obey. Please don't think that all of this talk about the word of God and about reading scripture and about listening and doing is about in any way you performing or about you being a better Christian or you keeping up appearances or, 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 or you earning or deserving something or getting the right life technique to do life right. This whole thing with Jesus is a massive gift. It's a life we don't deserve and it's a life we might not realize we could have had, but it is ours and it is on offer to us. It's like someone offering someone who's dying of thirst a cup of water. This is a reminder for us that so much of our lives are spent tuning into the wrong things and the wrong places and listening to the wrong voices, looking for life to the full. When if we just took the ear pods off and put them down, we could hear the words of life. All Jesus is telling us to do and all I'm trying to encourage you in this morning is what is good for you, is what will bring fresh life and vibrancy to your soul. So let me just encourage us to help one another.
be hearers of the word of God, to help one another to listen carefully and to help one another be doers of what we hear. And, and, and I guess as we do that, then we'll be people who will increasingly delight in and experience the fullness of life in the kingdom of God that Jesus has come to rescue us into. That's, just, that's what's on offer to us. And that's what we get to enjoy together. Let's pray as, as we close. Jesus, you came on a mission to, to rescue into your kingdom and into the life of your kingdom people who are lost, people who are on the outside. Lord, if we're true with ourselves, we know that's every single one of us. And so we thank you that you have called us and brought us into a kingdom of life to the full, of fullness and flourishing and hope and joy and life and peace and love. Jesus, forgive us where we neglect your word. Forgive us where we tune in to other lesser voices. Forgive us where we think your word is not good for us or good to us. Forgive us where we hear your words and then we promptly go and forget it, disobey it. As if we looked in the mirror and forgot what you look like straight away. And Jesus, help us humbly now to receive the gift of your word that we may be shaped and changed and transformed by it and we may, its light may shine. That what it reveals, we may believe. And the life that it brings, we may experience together. Because we're your church and we're your kingdom people. And we want to live the fullness of the life you've called us into for your glory and for our goods. Amen.